why do people do the things they do? That is the topic for today on driving theology. Uh, no, seriously, folks, welcome back to Driving Theology. This is Mike, and uh, it is a sunny but cold February morning. Uh, I believe it's the day before Valentine's Day. Today's February 13th. And, uh, yeah, so just uh, on my way to work as usual in the morning. My seatbelt going here. And, uh, yeah, I just want to talk to you guys about uh, motivation. Why do people do the things they do? Uh, this comes from a conversation, a very short conversation I had this morning where uh, a woman was reading the Bible and she said, Why does Jesus move around so much? Uh, why does he Why does he go from here to there? Why is he in Galilee and then Capernaum and then in Jerusalem and then somewhere else in Samaria? Why does he, why does he move around so much? And I, I thought, um, now this girl is a member of our uh, community here, and, and we've been uh, reading the Bible together uh, in a parallel fashion, the, the uh, Gospels specifically. We've been reading uh, the parallel Gospels, or, or what am, amounts to that, pretty close to that, Uh a 30-day, the Gospels in 30-day program, uh, that, um, the, uh, the Bible app, um, the, the version, the Bible app, uh, has a plan on there that you can choose, and so, instead of doing it, I, I mean, me and some friends have been doing it, uh, the, uh, yeah, the 30-day version, but for our group, uh, we just assign one day for a week, so it'll take us about 30 weeks to get through all four Gospels that way. And then we just get together on Friday nights and we talk about it. And uh, So she's been in the Gospels. And this uh, woman has to, happens to be living in our house right now. We are uh, She is the uh, lady that we are uh, have brought over to, to be a co-owner and the manager of a cafe that we are starting. And we're right in the middle of that. Anyway, she was reading the Bible. And she asked that question. And, and because we're kind of in a teaching mode here, I, I didn't want to just answer the question outright, but I did uh, tell her that I think she'll find the answer if she knows what Jesus is about. You know, what is what is he wanting to accomplish, right? What What is his goal? What is his main ministry? Uh, and I think if you figure that out, I think you'll see why he does what he does, right? I think it's very obvious that way. But if you try to go the other way, it's kind of like just shooting in the dark, right? Uh, and and it got me to thinking that maybe that's just kind of the case with everything. You know, we uh, with you know, anytime we're always trying to figure out why people do the things we do. You know, why do people do the things they do? What you know, what has gone on in their life that makes them do this thing that that I don't like? You know, what what kind of that's what we say, right? What kind of person does that? Or what kind of person does this? Uh, and to tie into that, it's kind of interesting, is uh, that I watched a movie by Adam Sandler that came out last year. I watched it a couple days ago called The Cobbler. 
and he is a shoemaker and somehow uh, he finds an old stitching machine that's used to stitch shoes that has been in his family for years that that when a shoe is fixed with that old uh, foot-powered stitching machine and you put that person's shoes on you can then be transformed into the likeness of that person you, you look exactly like that person right and so he he really gets into this he starts finding shoes that fit him and then uh, using that stitching machine to sew the sole and then he steps into that those people's lives and walks around uh, I guess Manhattan maybe Brooklyn uh, and in a sense people start to think that that person that they are that person and so they start to live their lives a little bit and anyway the the uh, the catchphrase at the end is that it's a privilege to walk in another man's shoes it's a privilege right in other words it's a it's a it's a sacred thing it's a uh, if you ever get the chance to walk in another man's shoes then you 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 know them in a very uh, intimate and close way uh, you know a lot more about them and the movie is kind of a, a dark I call it a dark or offbeat comedy uh, I enjoy the movie a lot um, but you know we talk about this right we we say why would they do what they do and then we uh, we have answers like well you know you, you don't know because you you haven't walked in their shoes we say you haven't you haven't experienced life as they have experienced it and they what they do now is a product of the experiences and choices they've made in the past uh, which is true enough you know that that's that's obviously true I think that's I think that's right um, and so you know when we when we judge people and their actions we usually do it from our own shoes right from our own life perspective uh, we tend to judge them by the life we've lived not the life they've lived because uh, we know the life we've lived uh, more intricately and intimately than anyone else uh, save perhaps uh, the Almighty God uh, who probably knows us better than we know ourselves um, but that's just futile. You know, judging judging what somebody else does by your life uh, is, isn't going to yield any answers. Uh, there's not going to be any, any life there, you know, because our lives, you know, let's, let's say we live an average of 80 years, uh, and 80 years, uh, I don't know, it's how many days... Uh, 365 times 80, uh, which is going to be in the tens of thousands of days that we live. And then, you know, you separate that into hours and minutes. Uh, the chances that two people on earth uh, would, would share even, I don't know, 1% of the same life path, uh, I would think is astronomically rare. Um, we each experience things differently. 
we take many different paths to get to where we get to. You know, take some of the places that we all end up together. Say, uh, you know, a lot of us end up in college, and there we are uh, on our first day of our freshman year. Uh, but we've all taken vastly different paths to get to college. We may be in the same place at the same time, but the paths we took to get there are different. And so our experience of college is colored greatly by uh, the path that we took to get there. Just like, you know, you take a lot of people who show up to church on Sunday morning and they're all in the same place at the same time uh, doing uh, what looks like the same thing, and yet each one of them is having a different perspective on what's going on there in that place. Uh, and and the actions they take in that place, um, or the conversations they have, or the thoughts that they think, uh, or you know what have you, the feelings that they feel, are all products of the life path that they have walked to that place. Uh, and that's that's true for all of us. And we, we all take different steps, right? We all take different roads and different steps at different times in our lives. Um, I'm not sure that there's any place where that's not true. Uh, I, can't, I can't think of... You know, you, you take the military, for example, I suppose, from boot camp on through boot camp into, uh, you know... The whole purpose of mili the military is to get a uniform soldier, a soldier that is dependable and predictable so that you can use them in difficult situations. So they try, I think they try to get people as uniform as possible. And I think a lot of religions do the same thing. I think they try to uh, get a a dependable and predictable uh, pew warmer, um, because that's that's the best way to maintain the status quo. And I think the educational systems are the same way. I think, especially public education, is designed to get a dependable and predictable citizen uh, for whichever country you live in. If you live. Uh, under uh, communism, uh, they're going, going to want a citizen who will be a good communist uh, and toe the party line. And so the education system is uh, tailor-made to produce that kind of a person. Whereas, uh, I suppose if you are in a democracy, uh, a let's say, a very free-thinking type of democracy. I'm not sure one exists anywhere because uh, I think that organizations gravitate toward the status quo um, in, in any case. They kind of have to, to exist on such a large scale. But anyway, whatever you do is going to be, you know, tailor-made to produce the kind of uh, member or citizen or soldier or student uh, that you need that is dependable and predictable. Um, but the truth is, if you take all of our lives together outside of those educational systems, whatever we've done uh, to get to the point of education, 
uh, in that institution or, or that office or you know whatever whatever it is we're still very very vastly different people from one person to the next uh, but uh, going back to Jesus we have a lot of his actions faithfully recorded in the Gospels. Uh, and I think anybody who's done their due diligence in exploring the veracity uh, of the historical writings that we call the Gospels um, will know that they were honest. At the very least, they were honest attempts to report what people saw and heard. And at best, they are honest and accurate attempts to describe uh, what was seen and heard. And yet, we know that each gospel came from a different perspective. Each person that wrote um, the gospel took a different path to get to the point to where they were going to write about the life of Jesus. You have uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and each one of these, uh, each one of these individuals had walked a different path until they came to the point that they were going to uh, put pen to paper uh, and describe uh, as best they could the life uh, of Jesus that they uh, either witnessed uh, firsthand or were writing about secondhand. We know that if if we're accurate, accurate about who wrote the four Gospels, excuse me, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we know that Matthew and John were themselves both disciples of Jesus. They were in uh, in the Twelve, and as far as John is concerned, he was in the, uh, even closer than the Twelve, he was in the Three, uh, the, the Three that were taken uh, to places that the, the rest of the Twelve were not, uh, and that includes Peter, James, and John. Uh, and so John would, would have been the one with the most intimate knowledge uh, of the uh, actions of Jesus. Uh, and then we have uh, Mark and Luke. And we know that both of them, uh, Mark in, in particular, was actually around and did witness some of the things that Jesus did, but we're pretty sure that he was quite young. Uh, and it seems to be evident that he used Peter as his main source for information in writing the Gospel of Mark. Uh, and then Luke, of course, we know was, a, was uh, around at least shortly after, was a companion of Paul, contemporary of Paul. Uh, and we know that his mother was a believer. Um, but each, each of these, each of these uh, writers wrote from a vastly different perspective and so when we look at a passage in the Bible and we say well why would he write that well if, if we were to walk in their shoes I think we would we would know why they wrote that but at the very least it might point us to some individual characteristics of that writer when we see something that's that is written that, that we're not quite sure of, and it may give us some some clues as to why they wrote what they wrote. Um, 
I realize I'm kind of getting off the subject here. So I want to go back to, uh, you know, the practicality of, of how we judge people's motives today. And hopefully we'll come to a conclusion about how we can do that better. Uh, right now, there's really nothing in mind, but uh, as always, I kind of take the journey with you and, and uh, yeah, see how we can kind of close in. Uh, you know, so you're at the supermarket and you're waiting in line, but somebody uh, cuts in line in front of you. You know, what's your reaction to that? Let's say you've been waiting there for a few minutes and the line's quite long. And uh, you finally get up close to the register, but somebody just cuts right in front of you. Uh, unapologetically. Uh, and goes before you. Now at that moment, you're going to judge her action as bad. Without, without really thinking. Uh, it's just going to be a, a knee-jerk reaction. Well, how dare you? That's not fair. You don't have the right. Right? All of these thoughts come to mind, and once they come to mind, oftentimes they uh, go right to uh, our mouth. Right? And sometimes we have the, the thought and say the thought simultaneously before we even know, you know what we've said. Um, and so the, the question is, what makes people do what they do? You know, if somebody did that, is that something she always does? Is this a habit in her life to just disregard uh, the feelings or expectations of others? Uh, is this a one-time thing? And if it's a one-time thing, what, what would make somebody do that? You know what kind of something you know you know what what must have happened to change the character of this woman uh, so that at that moment in time she deemed the the social uh, expectations to be less important than getting in line and buying her products whatever that may be um, or you know so Think about what. It's been a long morning already. Or uh, think about, um, you know, what could have, you know, if this is a habit in her life, if she's always been this way for as long as people can remember, if she's always been uh, considered a rude person, what must have happened in her past? to where she doesn't even understand social norms. Uh, she doesn't understand how to be courteous or why to be courteous. Uh, and that she doesn't even see her own her own actions as um, as rude or out of place or unseemly. And if you think about it, either one of those options, whether something has just happened that's made her change character or something in her past was so bad 
that it caused a permanent character flaw in her. And, and by the way, we all have them. Uh, I think either way, we could, if we, if we could just step back for a minute and kind of take ourselves outside of the situation and not label ourselves as the person who's being wronged, I think either way we should take pity. Uh, either way we should we should feel sorry for her. Um, now you know we have we have situations of our own. The reason we're at the store right there maybe because we have a sick child at home. And maybe we've just decided to wait in line. Uh, because that's just what you have to do. We feel like we have no choice. Um, but who knows, maybe that lady has a sicker child than yours and she's just, you know, gonna do what she has to do uh, to help her kid. And maybe she doesn't have medical insurance. Maybe there are no other options for her. Maybe if she doesn't get home in time to help her kid with whatever she's doing. Uh, you know, um, maybe she's the only option the kid has. There are, those situations exist, believe it or not. And, you know, maybe she has a bottle of booze. Uh, and maybe she's, you know, been at work and not been able to drink all day. And so she's got the shakes because she's an alcoholic. Uh, but whatever drove her to alcoholism, whatever for whatever reason, she needs to lose herself in that bottle. You know, I think, I think there's a lot of room for sympathy there. There's a lot of room for uh, pity uh, and, and feeling sorry for her, no matter what the case. But we tend to read actions, uh, read the actions of others uh, as to how they benefit us or, or don't benefit us, right? We, we, we read others' actions selfishly. Whereas if we could take ourselves out of that situation and think about what's best for that person, I think we would see uh, and feel and act completely different, completely differently in those situations. Um, and so I would say nine times out of ten, it's not a scientific figure of any, <laughs> by any measure, but I'd say more often than not, uh, we don't read actions, the actions of others unselfishly. We, we, we read what they do uh, as to how they benefit or take away from us or our experience or our expectations. We, we read them selfishly, in other words. And this is always going to lead to trouble. Um, perhaps this is why Jesus talked about not judging. You know, don't don't judge. Um, nobody likes to be judged, right? Especially when we're judged wrongly. Uh, and so, why would you judge others? And the thing is. I don't think there's any way to judge others' actions accurately. We just don't have the information. Without the information of what they're going through or what they've gone through, we can't judge others' actions 
accurately. It's just not possible. Until we've walked in their shoes, and we just can't walk in their shoes. You know, there's no way to completely walk in their shoes. But there is room for loving them and wanting what's best for them and thinking from that standpoint. And I think that will yield uh, the best results for everybody. If we all want what's best for each other and don't focus on what's best for us, uh, I think that's the recipe uh, for the perfect life. I think that's the kingdom of God. Uh, I think you'd know that the kingdom of God has come uh, completely when people start doing that. When we start wanting what's best for others and subjugating that to what's best for us. Uh, and it's, it's something that can only happen willfully. And, you know, sometimes it happens on a secondary level. We have an initial reaction, but then we have to take a breath. Take a breath, clear our mind, take ourselves out of the situation and look at it uh, a little bit more objectively, which is not, you know, completely possible. Um, but still, I think the, I think the, practice of that is necessary. I think it's it's great for us to try that. Um, you know, so the next time you see somebody do something that, that pisses you off, uh, or that just rubs you the wrong way, uh, assess your own reaction to that. Take a deep breath, take a step back, And take a minute to imagine the shoes that they've walked in, that they are walking in at that moment. And give them some space. Uh, and then love them anyway. You know, love them through it. Um, and, you know, taking this back to Jesus, we have such great accounts of, of the way he treated people and reacted to people. Um, now, yes, there, there are some people, especially when it comes to the religious rulers and leaders of the time, uh, that he did take the time to argue with because he needed to uh, usurp their authority uh, so that I think uh, there would be space for better ideas to be heard. His his thoughts and his his teachings, uh, and so there was a a sense of toppling authority. Uh, but I still don't think that he ever did it in a violent uh, or mean way. I think everything he did, he did for a purpose. Uh, and besides, Jesus uh, in Jesus. Uh, was pleased to dwell the fullness of God. And so he knew people uh, because of his omniscience. Uh, he knew people. He, he knows why people are doing the things that they're doing. Uh, he does know them 
job and I'm running just a little bit late so I won't be able to yawn on a podcast. <laughs> I'll just explain myself and you can you can you can choose whether uh, what I'm saying is accurate about myself, but I'm I've been without my wife now for five days. She's uh, out getting ready for a conference and it's gonna be at least seven more days before she's back. And so I'm in a house with uh, you know taking care of my daughter and grandpa there and, and with the dog and trying to do my full-time job and trying to get the cafe going and, and taking care of our gathering and and uh, just a little bit busy right now um, a little bit tired but uh, yeah things are things are going well so far no no huge train wrecks. I'm walking in this week. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think uh, cut people some slack. I think there's a lot of room for us to be harder on ourselves. Now, some of us are too hard on ourselves, and you know who you are, probably. But I think there's a lot of room for most of us to be harder on ourselves, but cut other people. somebody that does that and you do it yourself well it's just a match made in heaven isn't it <laughs> uh, I mean that's that's if you think about it in a, in, in a few words that's that's what Jesus did for us he he gave us slack and was hard on himself even though he had no reason to be hard on himself he took all of our sin upon himself allowed him to be punished Roman authorities. Uh, I'm not. I'm not talking about uh, penal substitution, whereas God, God had to punish Jesus. God needed blood. I'm not talking about that because I don't. I don't subscribe to that uh, particular thought um, process. Uh, but he did allow himself to be punished by the Romans and the Jews. In other way, in other ways. For our benefit. So if you think about it, being hard on yourself and cutting others slack is is the call of the Christian life. That's how you follow Jesus. In a nutshell, I think. Unless I'm missing something. Forgive others. Do good. Do good and forgive others. Forgiving others is doing good as well. Uh, 
miss the mark, uh, we fall short. Uh, Jesus and what he's done uh, in cutting us, cutting us the slack that we need so that we don't fall under judgment for not fulfilling the law of God. Uh, that should give us all the motivation we need to do that for others. You know, people who have wronged us or who will wrong us in the future, I think we need to kind of set ourselves up to succeed in that area. Set, set yourself up to succeed in forgiveness. Think ahead of time. What are things that, that people are likely to do uh, in the future that are going to disappoint you? Go ahead, think about how you're going to feel or how you might feel in that situation and, and start to deal with it now. You know, in, in sports, they would call this image training. You know, see yourself successfully navigating uh, the failures of others. Um, and I think maybe we'll do a better job of that. Uh, so if you can, walk a mile in another man's shoes. It's a privilege. Uh, it's a privilege to know that person well. Uh, but when you can't, just cut them slack. Realize that you have no idea why they did what they did. Forget them and move on. At least that's what I say. All right, I'm here. Got to go to work. Love you guys. And uh, talk to you later. Bye-bye.